0: guys this is matt with the great romance podcast and this is the final episode of season three which is crazy um and i think this is like uh no no pressure on you but i think this is like a great guest to end the season on um because we we who knows where this is gonna go that's the thing but but i think it's gonna go great places so my guest today and i'm gonna say this This is Tasty. Everybody, how are you doing, dude?
1: Yeah, what's up, guys? How you doing?
0: (laughs) So first, you know, I have to say this: I believe Tasty is not your name. No, my parents
1: did not name me Tasty.
0: (laughs) Although, if they would have, (laughs) what a way to go. So I don't. A
1: lot lot of questions. If they would have, yeah. Well, that's
0: true. That's true. I don't remember because it's been a bit, and we'll get there but Uh where does that come from dude okay well i mean i can
1: i can tell the full story so my parents didn't name me tasty uh they did however name me samuel tyler ham sam ham sam ham exactly so i've gone by tyler my whole life (laughs) thanks mom and dad Uh, It just so happens that my best friend growing up, still my best friend now, actually saw him. We flew up to Rhode Island last weekend to see him. Uh, His name is Tyler as well. So uh, his last name is Collins. Not quite as interesting as Ham. So I got called Ham all the way growing up, you know. So 18. I'm from South Carolina, by the way. Uh, At 18 years old, I moved to uh, Murfreesboro near Nashville. I'm going to go to audio engineering school And I was like, I can be called whatever. Nobody here is going to know me as Ham. I can be Tyler. I can be Samuel. You know, I can just make up something. And through that thought process, literally the first week of school, and there's like 23,000 people at this school. I meet this one guy at the cafeteria, and I tell him my name, and he's like, oh, Ham is tasty. I'm going to call you tasty. And I was like, whatever, dude. There's 20-some thousand people to go here. You can call me whatever you want. I don't care. Ended up living with a guy the next year, and now everybody's known me as tasty for about 12 years. <laughs> it just stuck, you know.
0: I tell you where <laughs> I where I thought it was from, honestly, is I thought it was because you played so many tasty licks. I thought what somebody was like <laughs> I it appreciate came. it. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I, like not... I like the college story too, because like you
1: said, you think one guy says it. And you're just going to be like, yeah, 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 whatever. Yeah, I
0: was like, of course. Yeah, yeah.
1: You know, and it was right in the crux of I can go by Tyler for the first time ever, you know? And right. Nope. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> pretty much my sister calls me Tyler and that's it. My wife calls me babe. My parents call me son and everybody else calls me tasty. <laughs> and tasty. <laughs> like, it's, It works out, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's
0: too good, man. Like, it's too oh, no, good I was, I was just going
1: to say the, the only crux of it is you can never introduce yourself as tasty. Well, that's true ever. Like there's, there's no situation where you can be like, hi, I'm tasting. <laughs> <laughs> it just, it just doesn't work. <laughs> I'm
0: running scenarios where you do that <laughs> and the looks that you would get. So
1: for a lot of them, it just, it doesn't work. <laughs> no, no, that's a good point.
0: That's a good point. That's the one drawback. So, so we met and I was trying to do the math and I believe, is it somewhere in like, five years ago does that sound
1: right or longer yes yes okay. uh, i think this was sometime in between late 2016 mid 2017 i think
0: that's what it you know it seemed it's like crazy
1: it's, that it's been that long
0: well and and i'll get man it's like i'm jumping because i want to jump to so many things when mm-hmm. i was reminded of you and not that i forgot you tasting um but when i was reminded i went to see colony house in st louis
1: oh that's and right so, that's right
0: yeah. yeah so i'm in uh which by the way I, it it's i i mean you play all the time but uh it's like the something music house or something and it's like this narrow the, kind of uh, building
1: broad, uh, the rock house i think uh we just played it again this past fall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great, it's a great venue. The awkward thing is there's no entrance to the stage other than outside. <laughs> so I remember, like, there was no we couldn't do an encore because there was nowhere to walk off. So it was this, like, all right, we're all just gonna chill up here and sit. It, it was that was made it a very memorable show.
0: Well, because <laughs> it was even like I've seen a couple groups play there, and so like people would like mm-hmm. wait outside to even come in from like that outside area because there's uh-huh. no room
1: for anything and it's all glass it's yeah. all glass on that outside so you can see inside from outside yeah That's right. a really cool vibe so, so were you in the actual audience or were you upstairs so I was upstairs and then they were going through stuff and I
0: you know like it had been a while since I had seen you and I can't remember if when we played together if you had this I definitely wouldn't have yeah
1: that was a uh came came along a few years ago <laughs>
0: So, so I didn't quite recognize you, and then they were kind of just introing the band, and it's like we've just said not a lot of people named Tasty, and I was like, what the heck? So, you know, obviously you're playing music. So I waited till the show was over, and I'm like, I go back through my phone, I was like, yeah, I still guys know to recite text. I was like, hey, dude, are you playing keys for Colony House? And it was a little bit later, and like, dude, I am. I was there. And so I was reminded of you, and then. This would have been, like we said, five years ago, I was asked yeah. to play um like a D Now worship weekend uh-huh. in Florida. And Graham 38. Yes, and Graham yeah. Beckler said, We like no one could play that weekend. Like no, no guitar players, no bass players. And so he goes, Hey, well, this is different, but I know a guy who plays keys. And he's like, do you want to do like a strip down? You just play acoustic guitar. He'll he'll fill in space on the keys. I'll play drums. And I was like, yeah, that could be cool. And so I don't remember asking either of you this. How did you and Graham
1: Ooh, know okay. each other? So me and Graham go back to, I want to say 20, early 2012. This could be late 2011, probably early 2012 uh, there was this group in Nashville. that was a duo. They were named new lore. And it was kind of like some, uh, some indie art rock, you know, very, very like organic trying to be not trying to be, that, that sounds terrible. New lore was a great group, uh, but it was kind of in that arcade fire zone back then. Um, very theatrical what we would do. So, uh, we played a few shows together where Graham was drumming and I was playing keys for new lore. I think we did a couple tours together as well, where he was playing drums for him. Uh, and then even pre our, you know, the Great Romance weekend we did together at that D now, Graham and I played for an artist that went by Young Summer at the time. Her name is Bobby Allen. She's a great writer in town now, uh, and it was a synth pop situation where I was playing keys and Graham was playing a bunch of SPDs, and she was singing. It was really it was a really cool outfit. We we got to tour around and, and play uh, on both coasts doing that. That was a lot of fun. So yeah, me, me and Graham had some really good touring times back in the day.
0: And and Graham has been on the show and and uh, you know mm-hmm. playing with Russell Dickerson right now and oh yeah uh-huh. um, just like I always I know Graham's probably sick of me doing this but just like you know w- one of the best drummers I have oh
1: absolutely absolutely mean, you, right? every note <laughs> he plays he's thought about it 360 degrees you know I mean he's yeah can't say enough great things about Graham I love him <laughs> yeah such a good guy.
0: Yes. That, and that's the other thing I was going to yeah.
1: say. Yeah. His personality that's, exceeds his talent, and his talent is so massive. You know, yeah. He's one of the like, special ones.
0: <laughs> yeah. He's just like cool and chill. And so y- you also are a pretty chill dude. And so <laughs> <Thank> we're, <you. laughs> we're in Florida and we're like right off of the beach and mm-hmm. in a
1: great location. Yeah.
0: Oh, like a little cottagey summer whatever Uh home where they're like so hey you guys you know like i don't know dude did Uh we play music for like 30 minutes maybe
1: i mean (laughs) maybe it was like three songs every (laughs) session it was it was so little
0: (laughs) and then they would just be like all right see ya and we would just Uh go stay in this house so like we hung out a lot we went to the beach but we were Mm -hmm. driving around and we find this donut place and i don't know if you remember this part I remember watching a guy who I guess they would get up in the morning and do like early exercise. Mm -hmm. He had ran down to the donut place and he was running back home carrying a box of donuts.
1: I do remember that. We passed him on the way there. Yes. Yes. We were like, that's the box. That's the box. Right. And so we're
0: like, (laughs) we got to go to this place. But in the morning, the line was just stupid. I think we went in the afternoon and I got a key lime pie donut.
1: That I remember was, that. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: That was life changing. What did you got, get? Cause you referenced, I got that. a
1: chocolate cake donut and I was actually, I was working for a donut place at the, at the time I was, yeah, for five dollars in Nashville, which we, we were doing cronuts there. Uh, so maybe I kind of blocked what's, you know, just I blocked the donuts out of my memory from those few years. <laughs> but I definitely remember having a chocolate cake donut there that was just out of this world nuts. It was so good.
0: Yeah, they were really, really tasty. And I just remember, uh, you know, we got to do that and and we played music and the music was fun and it, uh-huh. and that went over well. But then there was just a lot of hanging out. And so, like, one thing I talk about with a lot of people who are like you who travel with different groups and stuff. I don't Mm -hmm. think people understand that like when you are in a band or hired to be the element of how you hang out has been elevated because it's massive, right? Mm -hmm. Because you have so much time where you're just traveling, whether that's in a bus or a van or whatever, and you're doing all your meals and all these things. So Mm -hmm. like, I, I ask you, you know, like, how important is that to you? Like before you take jobs and different things and how can you tell if you don't, you know, it's not like you've, you know all the guys who hire you or have had time to mm-hmm. get to know them. So like what, where's That's the true. hangout out for you as far as who you decide I to mean, play music?
1: The for? hang is definitely uh, conservatively like 75% of it. Honestly. I mean, because think about it. If you're, if you're out on the road for five days and you're playing five shows in a row, that's only like 10 hours of time that you're actually on stage like really playing and you know barring some short sound checks the rest of it is hangs you've got to get along with these people and vibe with them well enough to like take a really good atmosphere and energy to the stage Um, me personally as a hired gun i really don't get a say in what the hang is going to be like so you kind of have to be pretty flexible to be able to walk into any situation and and get along with everybody, you know. Um but luckily it just seems like and and mostly my experiences with Nashville, but it just seems like the best musicians are the best hangs. Maybe that's just because they've they've learned through experience, but I mean there's not many bad hangs out there. I I would say, you know, that that's it that's at least been my experience, but yes, it is it's crucial. <laughs> You can't be a dud in a social situation, you know? (laughs) No.
0: And I, and I agree with you. And I've said this with a couple of guys, like, it seems like back in the day. And I mean, a while ago where if you were like awesome at your craft and not necessarily the greatest dude, like you could still get work. And this was back in the day. It seems like that is not the case anymore because there's so much talent. And people are like, well, if I am going to be on the road with you, if I am going to do life with you, <laughs> I don't want to hang out in the, and just like, it suck all the time. I don't care how good you are.
1: I'll it's go exactly. find somebody better
0: or maybe not as good, but they're just not a jerk. <laughs> and hire hiring...
1: somebody that complains constantly. You oh,
0: know? <laughs> have you ever, have you ever had a tour situation and you don't have to say names, but just where the hang was
1: yes. miserable? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I'm only thinking of like one and a half tours, maybe. Uh, and, and no names I do name. It's probably nobody you would know anyways. But yeah, I've been on those. And it makes you so much more grateful for when you're just in in the bus or in the van or on the plane or in the green room with, with a new crew. And you're like, wow, okay. These guys, they want to talk sports with me or they want to talk, uh, Marvel movies with me,
0: dude,
1: you know, <laughs> gotcha. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, it, it, those, uh, those few experiences with bad hangs that they, they make the, the good crews that much better. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. I, I, uh, you just said Marvel movie. Let's make sure we come back to that because I'm obsessed. Oh, yeah.
1: Um, i wanted to put a little uh, a little pin in there for you <laughs> yeah
0: yeah so because we'll have to talk spider-man when this is at the end um yes so uh-huh. uh playing with colony house uh i'm a huge fan obviously i was there those dudes the seem like the greatest dudes uh we just had um josh i
1: don't know if you know josh Klug. oh i know kluge i know kluge i was gonna ask later about how you knew kluge <laughs> st louis well
0: we found that out because he was playing bass with me on a run here recently and then i didn't know before he got there so he starts referencing you know all these places back here so Uh, we start talking and again super chill we went and saw spider-man actually (laughs) uh on that oh really how about that yeah we saw it together uh he had seen it but then our guy darren who was drumming with us hadn't seen it and it's like he's got a couple kids and he goes so, look, guys, if we don't see Spider-Man on this trip, I'm not going to get to see Spider-Man. I got kids at home. They're yeah. little. I don't get to go to the movies. So, we're like... That was his time. <laughs> yes. And we, as Marvel, true Marvel fans, were like, bro, you have to see this movie. This isn't like a yeah. maybe. So, Klug was playing in a the band that was on tour with you guys, and he was talking about, uh-huh. like, being on the bus and uh handing the uh the dj duties off where you'd say like <laughs> pick a song <laughs> right <laughs> and he's like you know and he goes yeah. not, not that it was a contest but um you know like if you picked a dud we'd kind of yeah. past you real
1: quick. the uh the queue was quite a big deal on that tour and you did not want to be the person that got vetoed after your song got put in the queue <laughs> yeah i think Kluge might have gotten vetoed once or twice he was he was better than he was better than most, but yeah. <laughs> you yeah. heard it here first.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, and he and he said the same thing. He's like, you know, because like when you do that, you kind of are vulnerable and put yourself out there, and like you think something's like a bop, and everybody else is like, well, oh yeah. And
1: we would have like genre nights. It would be like, all right, soundtrack night. All, on the only thing you can put in the queue is an epic soundtrack, and you know, somebody just plays Three Willie before you, and
0: right right yeah. so play, playing with the Colony house guys how long uh how long have
1: you played with let's see i met scott in college i met scott in 2010 2011 uh and i probably met caleb and will a little right after that park as well probably the year after that i met all those guys whenever i was in college in murfreesboro uh they've been great great friends since uh very very close friends since then uh, I went out and did some teching for them during the Only the Lonely Tour. We've probably done three, four tours together now. Did some teching during the Only the Lonely Tour. Uh, I did some one-offs and whatnot with them. And I'm not sure if this was pre-us playing together or not. This is kind of all in that same that same timeline. Uh, but then their last record they came out with, uh, Leave us lost behind. They did a lot of piano on it. So finally got the call, uh, and, and I've played with them since on... Oh yeah. Like they, they played it for me in my car and I was like, yes, this sounds awesome.
0: So you're (laughs) telling me there's a lot of piano guys.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, So I've played a few tours with them past that. Uh, they're, uh, I won't say too much, but they're, they're writing a new record right now. Uh, so, so they're, uh, working on that this spring and I've switched a little bit to playing in some country music so far this year, which has been, yeah, it's, it's been a nice, uh, A nice different change of pace, which I'll preface by saying just, you know, being a work for hire guy, one of the one of the big benefits is you get to play a lot of different styles of music. You get to play with a lot of different people. It's just uh, everything's always interesting that there's never uh, the grind of it, you know. Um, So. you know what that's a really interesting question i never thought about that before but i would have to say uh it probably came from the fact that well i was i was in show choir in high school Uh, that's actually where i met my wife that's not my personality at all is to sing and dance (laughs) kind of the opposite but it was like it was the most musically elevated thing and and at my high school so i was like all right that's where I gotta go uh, and I became uh, kind of the accompanist anybody that had a solo I would play whatever they were singing so that got me really interested in like okay I can jump around from genres here I can you know this is really gonna make my fingers better at playing you know it was, was kind of came from that of let me just get as much sheet music as I can and play different styles during that that era so I, I guess that's probably where that seed started of wanting to play as much as possible uh, also I Growing up, my dad was the pianist at our really, really small Southern Baptist church. He quit doing that when I was 13. I took over because he was like, all right, you're good enough. You start playing the hymns, <laughs> pretty much. So I was just aching for some sort of like co player Elton John to take me out of <laughs> playing just the 4-4 four, four Baptist hymns. Um, but to the counter part of that question that you asked, though, you know wanting to be in a band that that's something that i've always had you know i was in plenty of bands in high school and college but like as for like a the one you really settled down with that that's that's probably a. I would be lying if i said that wasn't a desire that i still had um but at the same time i'm really loving what i'm doing right now you know it's, it's a lot of fun to to hop around and just be challenged you know
0: well and i would say like again you know not not playing with you a ton but even just that one time was pretty impactful because I was like yeah man just give him a key give you know you 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 could kind of play anything and if we had to transpose it because I maybe wasn't having a great day vocally like you could do that and so um to be like like you said like you call it a hired gun um like you you have to be able to adapt um, you said going from Colony House, now you're playing some country music, those kind of things. So like, what did you do? It, I, it might not be like a conscious effort kind of thing of like, well, I got to do this if I'm going to play all these different genres. Was it literally like, as, as whatever gig comes along, well, I, I got to dust up my country chops or, you know, this is going to be a little more rock and roll. Or is it just like, look, man, I play keys, I'll adapt to whatever needs to be done. Like, how was that
1: for you? um you know i would say it's a little bit of both Uh, you know speaking specifically about switching from playing with colony house last year to playing with with i'm going out with a guy named uh jordan davis a country artist uh this year which gonna be a fun year i'm looking forward to, to playing a lot of dates with him. uh the main difference musically is uh Collinghouse's stuff and, and just most of the rock and roll stuff I've played before, it's it's very specific and you know, we knew going on tour, these are the notes you play at these points, you know. Everything's got its place, everything is very uh planned and manicured and yet raw in the moment, you know. It's 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 very well orchestrated and arranged. If I would play something a little different, the guys would know, you know, I mean, and, and vice versa. And sometimes we would do different things every night. But, it, you know, for the most part, what you're going to play is rehearsed and it's there. Uh, as for this new country stuff, it's a little more like uh, like worship music, where it's pretty much these are the chords kind of do what you want, <laughs> you know. Uh, and yet th- there are certain parts and tones and there's definitely certain scales you try to stick within and not bend past the genre uh, but it's it's just some different parameters to to play within so it's it's been a lot of fun in that regard us uh, so a lot of organ man just speaking from uh from a keys perspective i definitely didn't grow up playing b3 and that's been a lot of fun to to watch a lot of videos and listen to a lot of recordings of, of real b3 players and go oh wow that's a whole new horizon of keys that i've only dabbled in and not really just like laid into you know so that's been a lot of fun as well. well. And I'll ask you this as a keys guy,
0: um, because especially, well, just on on all sides, but on the worship side, mm-hmm. you, you see now like these guys who are playing keys and like, you know, they all have these rigs now where it's, you know, it's not just a keyboard. I mean, it's, it's not, you got a laptop, you got your sounds, you have a ton of sounds. When did you start seeing that, like as a keys guy, when did you start seeing that just hit music in general where you're like, OK, so this isn't about just me playing a piano anymore. I have to get proficient with sounds. I have to get you know, proficient with technology. Do you remember when that started happening?
1: You know, uh, it definitely wouldn't have been until probably 2010 or so. And around that time, I got really obsessed with the fact that I wasn't a guitarist. (laughs) So I wanted to play keys like guitar. So I was like, all right, pedalboard is a must. Let's just build the biggest pedalboard we can, which was a lot of fun. And I don't regret doing it. Maybe I could have spent my time and money a little more wisely and bought some more vintage synths or something. (laughs) Um, But yeah, probably, you know, 2010, 2011, 2012, those were really when... At least personally, I started to encounter, oh, okay, this is a lot more now than just, I'm a piano player, you know. This is a lot more past, I need to learn how to design sound, you know, I need to learn all the... Per- I mean, there's there's so many things, I mean, I, I can pull up somebody singing on, on a MIDI keyboard and have to play that, you know, and it's just it's a lot more than just playing piano but it made me more thankful for the fact that I my foundation was classical piano and fundamental stuff like that like that that's never not been the foundation of what I've done and how I've approached things and I think that's been really uh I'm I'm very very thankful that my parents made me go and once I wanted to play and we're like all right (laughs) classical stuff for at least 10 years and if you want to quit you can quit but please don't (laughs) you know so, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess the answer to your question, probably the beginning of the 2010s was when I, I realized personally, I think that's, yeah, for me, when I was like, okay, we need to start buying some synths, we need to start really learning how to play a Rhodes, how to play a Worthy, what the difference is, let's, let's work on what the organ draw bars do, you know?
0: Well, and like you just said about playing classical music, I, I know there's like been kids who have come up to me and they say they want to, you know, I want to be in a band and I want to play music. And they're like, what should I do? Um, and I always tell them, go take piano lessons. Um, that's the best answer. Even <laughs> if they're not going to do classical, it's the right. best answer. Right. I feel like the Auto piano, it pushes uh-huh. you theory-wise, you know what I mean? Yeah, and that's the I, main thing. Yeah. And I even still, like when I transpose, um, because I started with piano, and I, I'm not a piano player, I play guitar, uh, and I'm not that good at that either. But I, I kind of, I still see the keyboard in front of me and so you know if i'm
1: it's it's the visual man That that's honestly that's what it is it's the best visual for what modern music theory is even if you i mean if you're talking basic chord progressions if you're talking modes or you know just scales or whatever everybody kind of understands the map of a piano yes it's more it's more simple than a computer keyboard you know no for sure and and i know like
0: sometimes they look disappointed
1: um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like really, but no, that's that's the best place to start. That's the best place to start. Oh, I was just going to say my favorite thing that my piano teacher would always say was I'm teaching the rules. I'm teaching you the rules so that you can learn to break them. And I was like, "Oh, that's like amazing to tell a kid that. I'm teaching you something so that you can eventually break the rules." I was like, "Yes, I can't wait to break the rules. Please teach me the rules so I can break them." And it was so foundational, you know. Uh, yeah.
0: So you said you went to college to do audio engineering.
1: That's correct. Okay.
0: And so any idea at that time that, like, was that, like, I'll do this because I know it also involves music? Or was it, no, I want to be an audio engineer and then whatever happens, happens kind of thing? Or
1: it was definitely, uh, which I, didn't tell my parents this at the time I told my my girlfriend now wife uh it was a backup plan it was like okay I know this is where I need to be and I can get loans to live here for four years and hopefully I can get a great education out of it to learn the things that I don't know about you know the audio side of the music industry I, I didn't know what a decibel was whenever I moved up here but I I knew that I wanted to play for a living so it was definitely the backup plan, and it was at at worst. Let me just fill in the gaps in my knowledge, and I'm still paying for it. You know, I've, I've still got <laughs> I've still got about uh, eight or so years to pay off those loans, but I don't regret it <laughs> whatsoever. And and the audio engineering skills. Whenever I moved there to go to college, like you didn't hardly use those unless you worked in a studio. But everybody's MacBook is a studio now. You know, so those have translated and and it's it's definitely been built on so i don't regret that one bit but yeah to answer your question when i moved up that was definitely like okay this is plan b let's make some connections let's let's find let's find some guys to learn from and and let's play
0: (laughs) being a hired gun who plays with a lot of different artists and obviously you know you've built up a little bit of a network so that that can happen but for those listening who have a desire to do this like that network doesn't just happen. Um, you know, it just moved to Nashville and go, I play music. And everybody goes, oh, awesome. Here's seven jobs. <laughs> um, yeah. So when you say about, you know, I, I, even people will be like, well, having a bad, like, I, I'm always kind of the same way. I'm like, look, man, I, I'm going to encourage you to follow your dream. Like, I've always been that guy because that's what I got to do. You know, like I had a dream mm-hmm. and coming from back, we said, like, me and Josh, you know, St. Louis, not a lot of musicians coming out of here that got to play music full time. So when I would say it, um, especially in my circles, it was always met with a little bit of. A, yeah, that's cute. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What are you really going to do? I can relate. OK. <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah, I can relate to that small town in South Carolina. I definitely had uh, great aunts and uncles asking me like what church I was directing music at for so many years. And I was like, no, I'm I'm not conducting a choir. (laughs) I'm playing in some churches, but I'm not conducting a choir. (laughs) And you
0: like I get it because I also know like coming from, you know, a little bit of an old school culture like that just wasn't that wasn't how that worked. And so, even them right. say, you know, like, oh, what church are you going to? Yeah, because you're going to do music, and you're you believe in Jesus, so that's the thing you can do. That's the
1: logical, yeah, occupation. Uh-huh.
0: Yes, it uh-huh. makes sense. But like to tell kids, hey, so this is hard work, and there are a lot of really good musicians, and it doesn't always happen for everybody. And so uh-huh. to say. Ha, let's have a plan B and maybe even a plan C. Um, <laughs> it's not bad. It doesn't mean you're giving up on your dream. It is just like going, yeah, man, I'm just going to be prepared. Uh, and and even what you're saying about doing what you did in college and going for that, like it's relatable in that field. And so like, you know, I look at a guy like Chase Weber uh, who, who I always bring up, you know, he's my guitar player and he owns a studio and <laughs> um, he goes to churches and helps fix their sound and he works on people's amps it's all in the music field but he's so uh renaissance man um he just does so many different things and so when the one thing isn't like you know paying the bills these other three things can pay the bills so i mean like do do you think uh you know just as somebody who's who's doing this and i know you're, you're an encouraging guy and stuff but like Don't do you think that's something that kids need to and even adults need to have in the back of their mind is like, well yeah, man, for sure, pursue your dream. Go at it all the way. Like, how do you balance that of like, you know, being all in and then also being logical, I guess?
1: I think uh I think you can be all in while still having that mindset. Maybe maybe not the mindset of necessarily of this is my plan B and my plan C and my plan D, like uh, not going all in for plan A to fail, but I think, uh, I mean, nowadays, and I'm facing it, I've mostly been a live musician. I need to start uh, playing a few more sessions here and there. It's You're really having to round yourself out as a musician to be able to, to, to do multi-facets of music, you know, uh, just as a work-for-hire person, and I'm sure it's the same thing in photography and videography, you know, all across the arts in today's day and age you've kind of got to be able to attack it at several different facets of of what you're going for so uh, i kind of guess maybe halfway in between your answer so yes you should focus on multiple things maybe not as a plan a a plan b and a plan c but you definitely can't just focus on on one thing like say all i'm going to do is play shows and that just be your your end all be all now you know uh, just just in today's day and age, and I don't know how much is this is due to the internet and due to social media, but it, it seems like you've kind of got to be able to do a, a little bit of everything. Jack of all trades, master of a few. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> I listen to uh, the Smartless podcast. Um, you yeah. know Jason Bateman and Will Arnett and those guys, and they're just and, and they're goofs, but it is amazing. I will plug that. Um, but they were talking the other they're day. Such about,
1: hard workers.
0: Oh no. gosh, dude. And that's what you hear about them, and then like you said about all these other things that they do, and how you know Jason Bateman started Ozark, and you know that's his project, but he's also an actor. And so then they were talking about like kids and their parents will like call them sometimes and go, "Hey, you know, uh, Will, my my kid's eighteen, and he kind of wants to get into acting. Um, could you give him any advice, or you know, could you help him out?" And and they're all like, "We're not really sure what to say anymore." But the one thing that, uh, oh, shoot, I can't remember the one guy's name who played uh, Jack on Will and Grace. Um, uh, Is it Sean something? I can see his face. I can see his face. (laughs) Um, And he he said what he always says is like, so in this day and age, to get noticed, you have to film something that you've written. So like you got to write a script. You have to have knowledge of camera work, film Mm -hmm. yourself doing it, put it on YouTube so it's almost like you have to, to be in movies know how to make your own movie
1: right, write, film, direct star, yeah exactly, that's,
0: yeah and I think music has become that where you know, if you can't oh, just use Pro Tools or GarageBand to be able to lay things down um, you know, I think gone are the days when Britney Spears recorded a demo tape in the, her bathroom at home and sent it off and got a record deal
1: and then all of a sudden max martin is knocking on your door yeah, exactly right yeah the term bedroom producer has has just yeah bloomed i think i will say is, is the right term for it i don't want to be derogatory but yeah bedroom producer it's everybody's got access to doing what you could what engineers in white coats did in the 60s with the beatles you know like i don't have to wear a white coat to sit here with a microphone and 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 record myself talking to you and this is some pretty good audio right <laughs> compared to what they were doing you know 50 60 years ago yeah so it's it's accessible which means standing out especially as a newcomer yeah it's it's the multifaceted thing which i wish sounded more encouraging
0: <laughs> well on what you said there's so much of it out there and everybody can like record something and put it on iTunes or Apple Music or Spotify or whatever So it's, I guess that is the point is, so how do you stand out? How do you be the one where if you're listening to hundreds and thousands of songs a day, you know, how can you be the guy that creates something or the girl who creates something that somebody goes, oh, that's different. That's unique.
1: Right. And I I feel like the temptation there is to manufacture a voice, your voice and I feel like that's kind of the temptation of of the times right now is to go uh, my insta, you know i don't have as many instagram followers w- what does my bio not say that somebody else does or what do my highlights say that somebody else does and and I, I, yeah i think the temptation is to manufacture your own voice and, and try to be something unique when really the best thing you can do is just be yourself and trust in that and to be happy in that and just put it out there you know
0: Yeah. And see what happens. I I think that's what you said about the manufactured thing. I think for a while it was, you know, like I love Switchfoot. So I go, oh, well, here are the things that Switchfoot did to make it. So if I take their plan and I do those Mm -hmm. same things, I too will make it. it's like, no, that's what works for Switchfoot. So if you can get to a place of, of like you just said, of just being happy with the art that you're making Put it out mm-hmm. there and just don't put, and I know this is easier said than done for some people who feel they're called to you know, be musicians and things, but like, put of it course, out. Of course. Right. See what happens and then be okay with it failing, which, oh, I know that's
1: <laughs>
0: as musicians, that's so
1: difficult. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can even boil the situation down to to as simple as just what you play in church on Sunday. If you're in the worship band, like, that's a, worship songs are simple to give you space to have your own voice as a musician and it's just having the the confidence to go okay this is me this is me this is what i sound like this is what i was made to sound like embracing that and being happy with that you and know? i think
0: that's the key because it's so easy like let's i mean let's even talk about worship music because that's especially just sure. yeah. season three of the podcast it's like, that's where every, every conversation I have with people, it always comes back to that because, you know, like I'm a leader at my church um, and the Mm -hmm. band plays a lot of worship things. And, and you said, I played in church, you know, and I do this. And that's where a lot of us get our starts and things. And there is sometimes this um, temptation to be, uh, you know, a little lazy Um, (laughs) and, manufacture and then worship music mm-hmm. sometimes gets in these ruts where you know if if Christian radio sometimes if you turn the volume down just a little bit you'll hear 10 songs go by and you'll be like I just heard the same song 10 times um yeah. and that's not a slam on Christian music it's just like the artistic side you know maybe and maybe you can speak into that like how do you you're an artist how do you encourage that side of your brain, I guess, to not just fall
1: into a one, four, five, four
0: <laughs> pattern, um, you know, and then everything sounds like Chris Tomlin.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think what I, what I tell myself, and I would like for this to be true with whether, whether it is or not, but what I tell myself, uh, is that songs that we play in the church, they were written for the church. And I like to think that they were written more as a skeleton, um, uh, a map quest, if you will, of a song, versus this is the end-all, be-all of what all the notes have to be. And and I think that reason is so that every church, regardless of style, I mean, you know, some church uses real drums, some put drums in the shield, some use a Roland, you know, electronic kit, some have a basis some don't you know so i, I think that uh I, I like to think about worship music that i play in church as being more of a skeleton and the the gaps are there to be filled by the worship band's personality you know i, I don't feel like god would have given me my particular love of ninths and six which i abuse on the keyboard uh, just for no reason you know and and that feels like at least in the church that's that's where you know i'm not going to get in trouble there for playing more like myself than not like myself and it's just kind of embracing that and and i think that's a that's a great learning ground you know obviously worship is is much more than that but if we want to view worship just as a musician you know not talking in terms of what we're actually doing spiritually. It's a great learning ground for uh, who you are and how you play and, and, and how you feel and perceive things. And I think the reason is because things are 1654, which we'd love to pick on. And I pick on it all the time. I'm just as guilty. But having just the structure there and not a lot going in the middle, I think that that allows churches all across the world to be able to actually throw their own personality a certain worship songs that's a good point yeah we uh
0: we just last sunday um and i and it, it's been out for a bit but we just played a cody karn song and it was four chords uh run to the father and you know yeah. it's four chords but dude like in in those four chords it was like that's my so pastor so much uh, yeah he's like dude that song's amazing and i'm like yeah four chords but so I, I I think it's you know like you said of 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 being true to who you are. Know the song, like you know, like if if you're worshiping. Oh, of your course, songs, yeah. Like
1: know be, it. Be prepared. Yeah. 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 No excuse to not be prepared.
0: <laughs> but I don't think it's bad if some of yourself gets put into that, um, because also you can give that song a little new life. You know, like a song that you
1: yeah. played over and over again and. I would celebrate that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, think about churches with, with pools of, you know, 20 musicians. If you play on one Sunday with a set of six musicians and then you play the next Sunday and it's six different musicians and you, and it feels the exact same. Right. I might find something wrong with that a little bit. (laughs) Right. Right. You know, (laughs) it should feel like the people that are playing are playing.
0: Yeah. Because, well, and you're touching on this because I, the, about the people and um, just another thing that happened last week. I you know, I'm, I don't know, I don't think I've told you this, but so I'm a youth pastor also now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been doing that for it'll be four years, I think this October. And so um, yeah, I, I awesome. you know, we don't travel as much. The band doesn't. I'm the worship leader and the youth pastor of the church and we'll just play once in a while with the great mm-hmm. romance. And so um, I had a youth event on Friday and Saturday. and you know, it was uh, Saturday was all day. Friday was a lot of the day. And uh, then I had to come and lead worship, or I get to come and lead worship, but I was tired. And so the coolest thing that happened was the band could kind of tell. And so my associate pastor fills in on bass right now. And uh, he's like, hey, is it cool if we just pray for you? And like, Uh, I go, Uh yeah. I'm like, well, yeah. And so everybody kind of just said something about like, Hey man you know refresh our brother uh he's had a long week but we're here for you today and dude i'm i'm not lying i stood up and it was like somebody just taking a weight off of me and that's people that that's but what's crazy is yeah Uh Uh how it affects the music then
1: oh so much you're not going to strum in the same way you were before that Because you're like, all right, they they know, I, they've got my back, rather than you trying to hide the fact that you're so tired and, <laughs> and push through. Yeah, dude, it makes all the difference. It makes all the difference.
0: Yeah, and I think sometimes, you know, with worship teams and stuff, I think we do get caught up, like you said, when you've got a pool of like 20 musicians, and it's like, here are the songs, learn the songs, play them this week, next week it's you, uh, blah, blah, blah. And we kind of just almost become robotic. It's just a plug in and play. And yeah.
1: it, should, it shouldn't it
0: should be that way. Yeah, yeah. No, because it's worship. And it's, you know, I, I try to tell mm-hmm. the guys, like, if I go play a great romance concert, that is different than me leading worship at the church on Sunday. I'm not saying both uh-huh. aren't ministry, yeah. but it's yeah, yeah, different. Of course. And I'm both are worship, but it's, it's, it's different contexts. Yeah. Yes. And so I acknowledge that. I don't run from it, you know, like I go, yeah, Yeah. it it should be different. And just finding that the more time that we've spent as a worship band, like in in a worship team at my church, the more time that we spend like in prayer and getting ready to lead worship. Yeah. Practice your songs, know your songs, come prepared, everything we said. But if you invest that other stuff, it just changes all of that. And it's the best worship, man.
1: It's it's kind of like the hang. <laughs> Practicing and preparing is is only about twenty five percent of it. <laughs> the rest of it is about the the spiritual hang.
0: Yeah, because yeah. because when you go out on a stage, back to the hang, how we've come full circle, which that's kind of cool. Uh-huh. Um,
1: and <laughs> you, you don't
0: get along with each other.
1: Oh, it's apparent. It's so apparent.
0: Yes, you can't.
1: You think you're hiding it. It's so apparent. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, the tension is is palpable. (laughs) Yes, yes. At least at least amongst those on stage, which I know translates in in some capacity. Yes. Yes. I I a hundred percent agree with that.
0: So so let me ask you these these last two things. I just look, time has flown by, dude. Um, so I always ask any guy who plays out. I was gonna ask you for a tour story, like favorite tour story, but I want to do that. I want to ask this as a keys guy, because we don't have a lot of keys guys on um Mm -hmm. let's speak to just like i mean it can be you can be in a band but especially like worship guys what's one piece of advice um i i've got a guy who plays in my worship band his name's tim bromley he's listening uh hi tim and so what's one piece of advice you give like a keys guy who's playing at a church that you think is beneficial of like either a mindset or you got to go get this gear um Or a little bit of both. Like what's one thing, what's one thing for Tim? Tim, this is for you.
1: (laughs) Now I feel pressure.
0: I I just realized that's a pressure field question. So maybe it's just like a, a piece of advice or something.
1: Well, here, here's the first thing that popped in my mind. I don't know if this is helpful or not, but you don't have to play everything quite as simply as they do on the records. Let your left hand play a little more than just octaves and fifths. That thumb can wander to some sixths and some sevenths. That's always nice. Or some ninths. Um, e- everybody in worship plays Nords. Uh, if you can't get one, that's okay. Your fingers can do the talking where the tone can't. Uh, but if, if you're able to get around a Nord, you've, you've got all the sounds. They're all there on the Nord website. Trust me. Just go through them. You'll, you'll hear them all. Um. Uh, past that yeah pads behind your piano that's really great uh i I like one of my nice tricks in in worship is to take if i've got two piano patches taking one my main one keeping it at the regular octave and taking the second one and throwing it up an octave and then bringing the volume down until you just barely can't notice it but you would notice if you turned it off it gets a lot more uh resonance and yeah a, a lot more resonance up top love love doing that yeah so so just just a few keys tips off the top of my head i don't know if those are good or not but those are, are what i do <laughs> now you
0: need to start your own podcast and it's called tips with tasty
1: oh gosh just give a little advice That would be it would be half an episode long it would be that exact clip and some uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: man um okay so last oh thing the most important thing uh marvel uh-huh. um, yes. So I now this isn't Marvel, but I'm going to see uh, the Batman tonight.
1: Okay, okay, I'm I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued.
0: Yeah, I've heard some things. Uh, yes. cri- it's like more of a crime no- noir. There's action, but it's a little more detectivey.
1: Yeah, yeah. Which I'm I'm a little into. You're not gonna you're not gonna tar- you're not gonna top sorry the, you're not gonna top the Dark Knight for me, in terms of Batman films. So. Go a different direction, yeah. I love I love you, Ben Affleck, but I'm sorry. Just just go a different direction.
0: <laughs> um, so Marvel, I, I'm definitely more of a Marvel guy than a DC guy. Like I, I'm uh-huh. a comic book guy, but I'm more of a Marvel guy than DC guy. Marvel universe, um, Spider Man. We've ad nauseum talked about just amazing. So let's let me ask you this question. So Doctor mm-hmm. Strange and the multiverse. Of
1: madness. I can't wait. Okay. (laughs) I can't wait. I'm so pumped. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Do you I think it's gonna blow the lid off?
0: I I do too. And so let me ask this little kind of deep cuts, nerdy Marvel question. All right. So Mm -hmm. you've seen the trailer. Um Professor X's voice, he wheels up. You know, everybody's like, it's the Illuminati. It's, it's more than just Professor X. It's other people. Who do you
1: think the other people are?
0: Or who do you hope the other people are? Characters I and gonna actors. I'm going to go there.
1: Currently, I don't know if my mic's picking it up, but I can hear the sub from the room behind me. My wife works from home. And after the trailer, she's been watching through all the X-Men movies. So I'm hearing X-Men behind me. <laughs> Not sure which one. So... Definitely, it's definitely Xavier. Uh other people. Man, everybody's talking about the Illuminati. I don't know. Maybe? I would be surprised if so, but I don't have quite the comic book knowledge that most Marvel fans do. Yeah, I've got all the movies covered, uh, and and I, you know, I check out the subreddit maybe once a week and, and pick up some things. But past that i'm i'm here for the ride i feel like the doctor strange movie is really going to blow the lid off i mean obviously we saw the multiverse opened and in no way home pretty fantastic probably the best marvel movie since uh since endgame i would say yeah um but also eternals wow that opened up a lot of it didn't feel like a Marvel movie the first time I watched it. I still loved it, but watching it again knowing the difference in tone, which I love the director, I forget her name. Oh, it kills me I forget her name. She's an indie director and I love I love what she did with it. It really kind of it, it opened it opened the box of tone for Marvel. They they can go a lot of different places, which Black Widow is kind of dark too compared to the normal stuff. So I like that they're kind of hitting some different genres here. And, and we had a we kind of had a samurai movie with with Shang Chi too. So
0: well, and I don't know if like you feel this way like Marvel. You know they're a victim of their own success, and so mm-hmm. to have Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man and Chris Evans as Captain America yeah. was kind of like the ultimate. You know what I mean? It was like, like, pillars, yeah. Yes, yeah. and so obviously you know people get older. You can't. Do this forever, forever. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if either one of them didn't come back and cameo and something. But like, yeah. you know, so then you go, so how do we continue to have the Marvel universe without Robert Downey's Iron Man? Yeah. Um, and so, I, like, but you you have to. <laughs> I mean, you just have to. And you I mean, have I to. Yeah. Is, yeah. Casting is so good. Like, I same with Eternals. You know, got a lot of crap. But I went in with a pretty open mind of like, hey man, I'm just I'm here to see a movie and it's Marvel and I, I like yeah. it. I don't really know much about the Eternals on the comic book side, and so I same. enjoyed it as well. Second time liked it more.
1: Um, Second time definitely loved it a lot more.
0: Yeah, and Black Widow kind of the same thing. Like I enjoyed it the night I saw it, but then I went back and watched it again. I was like. Oh, this is, this is pretty good. And I loved the group, yeah. you know, Florence
1: Pugh, and, and I'm very excited to see her and some future things. Her humor uh, really made that movie. Yeah. Have you watched Hawkeye yet? Yes, I have. And great in that
0: and reminded So good. Yes. Oh, man. Yes. So if she's my black widow, again, wait, speculating argument, if she's my black widow, I'm okay with it. Um, there's a part of me, I almost even like her a little bit more. Than Scarlet,
1: uh <laughs> huh. She she kind of enhances the things that you loved about Scarlett Johansson's Black
0: Yes, and so I I wonder because I know I'm geeking out and I'm going down a rabbit hole. Um, I wonder. Oh, if, I'm here for it. <laughs> I wonder if in the Illuminati thing, you know, if I know it's fan casting, but John Krasinski is Mister Fantastic. Um, Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, oh, I like that. Yeah, and and I, I like that it, a lot. The Fantastic 4 movie, uh same director as Spider-Man.
1: Uh, oh, really? Okay. Didn't know that. Didn't know that. Okay. Wow, Fantastic 4 and, and X-Men are on the way, man. That's happening. Yes.
0: And, you know, if Professor X is there,
1: <sighs> Okay, so I have to say my my favorite fan casting idea is Daniel Radcliffe for the new Wolverine. He's short. He can grow a killer beard. Ooh, I, I can see it happening. I would love for him to be the new Wolverine. Yes. I, yes. What Wolverine was. I think Daniel Radcliffe is like 5'5 five, five or something. Like Yeah. It, he he,
0: yeah, out. with the with the right beard and scruff, because he can kind of scruff it up a little bit. Um, mm. yeah, dude, I'm I'm on board with this. See, they should talk to us.
1: They should they really should. Kevin Feige, are you listening? John Faber? I'm sure they are. <laughs> Um, dude, this is a call before 2026 when we decided to start writing these movies.
0: <laughs> right? Um, this is the thing, uh, just as we end here. Um, okay. I, I'm just reminded of like, through playing music, you know, like I started the band like 21 years ago. and I've got to meet just some people who are just, when I say cool, everybody's like, oh, like musician, cool, like they're cool us. No, just like the hang and so i'm reminded even as we're talking <laughs> that you play music and you do that and that's what pays the bills and things but then you do what we just did which is y'all go back to where you're staying and then you start yeah, talking wow. about marvel movies and yeah you know and it's, it's, it's the
1: unspoken un- perk of just being a musician because yes if everybody's cool everybody's yes. just about yeah,
0: yeah and it's so good dude it's so, so like I I really appreciate you doing this, and I love being able to talk to a Keys guy. And even what you said, um, and that's not just for my Keys guy, but for anybody. Those little pieces of of, pieces of advice and little tidbits and stuff um, are are more helpful. Like because it's just perspective, you know. It's all about perspective, Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: everybody's got a little different one. And so if we're open to that, you know, we all can kind of learn some stuff if we'll just like glean little things from different people and so
1: i like to think with perspective the the further you can zoom out the better you're gonna be yeah
0: that's you know what i can't top that dude so I, i'm just gonna say <laughs> i'm matt volmer this has been tasty this has been the great romance podcast it's
1: thank been you great dude, talking for to this, you
0: by the man. Way. yeah man appreciate you dude all right